0: Good morning. Is anybody there? How are you?
1: Good morning. Good. Got your How coffee? Are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm Of course,
1: I'm very excited. Yes, I listened to yes. so many of them that I was like, um, I would love to talk to Jamie too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get started, shall we? Uh, where are you at actually?
1: I'm in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Atlanta, Georgia. Is that has that been home your whole it... life?
1: No. So, we mm... I've moved a couple times. Um, I my whole family's in California, so that's where I'm born. But I moved away when I was about six, and so the most that we've we've gone back, from my perspective, is to go see my family for like the summer. That was kind of our big vacation every year was to go back to California to see everyone. Uh, but from there, moved to Ohio, so was in Columbus for multiple years. And then moved down to right outside of Atlanta for high school. So kind of a little bit like a West Coast, Midwest, South. I just have to get just have to get the Northeast and the Plains area, and then at that point I've got like the five major regions.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of bases covered there. So, what was the experience you had bouncing around to, to a whole bunch of different places? Do you feel like that made an impact in your perspective, the way that you write, in how you see things?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think. Moving in general, um, at least when I was a kid, my mom told me that I'd go over for a sleepover and be like, okay, see you later, don't pick me up until like three, and just was completely fine in that space. And I think moving multiple times, and that was just um, from like, when I was young, I went to school actually in Columbus, so I went to Ohio State, and the only reason I knew about Ohio State is because I had lived right outside of it and then moved away and was like, oh, that's a school that I think I know. (laughs) Um, And then I also spent a year in Ireland and that was definitely like probably the biggest of everything that I've done, but still all of the experiences beforehand from being so young and having to restart and then being like eighth grade, ninth grade, having to restart and then going back to school, Mm -hmm. still knowing some people in Columbus because we went to the same school, but there had been a four year gap. And so the people I knew in my head were the eighth grade versions of the people they were. Who were now the thirteenth grade versions of themselves, and the same for me. Yeah, so I think um, when it comes to writing, I don't. I I think it's just played such an overall part in my life. The moving aspect and that whole starting over and like figuring things out, being comfortable with like shrugs of I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we're here anyway, so we got to make the best of it. Um, I think that type of Experience fed into or helped cultivate a sense of curiosity or just acceptance of this is what it is. Right. Um, and so I feel like with with writing, some of the stuff that really gets me going are the forms or the styles or the things I've never tried before. And I get, I like, I'll dive into it and I'll try it for a couple days, but like intensively writing multiple at once, like won't stop sending them just like <laughs> obsessed with it almost.
0: You know, um, yeah, and I've noticed your work ethic is insane. Like every day on Twitter you're <laughs> working on something and it's very admirable. We'll definitely get to that. And I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. I just have to applaud oh, okay. you for that real quick. Um, what came first for you? Was it the what's, Was it songwriting, music in general, or was it poetry?
1: It was probably songwriting um, and mixing with singing. I've been doing that since I was a kid. My grandfather um, was a very, like,
2: glam. I'm doing jazz hands. Yeah, Yeah, I'm doing jazz hands. Yeah, yeah, nobody
1: can see it, but I'm doing jazz hands right now. No, he loved loved Shirley Temple. They introduced me to Shirley Temple. We would watch, like, um, a lot of her movies. That's how I would spend my time at their house, was watching it on the VHSs. I had the stream at one point to be Shirley Temple and I was like, I want my hair like that. Put me as a child, <laughs> put me as a child star. My mom's like, We're not, no, you're not, we're not doing this to Think you. Of your health. Not, yeah. And 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 that actually, um, that is something that reflectively um For a while i was i was like we were in that space like we were in california that's where that happens Mm -hmm. and now that i'm an adult and kind of see especially like back when i was six years old it's not what it looks like right now in the media landscape and everything and so retrospectively i'm really grateful that they were like we don't want to be child we don't want to be involved with anything child related with that type of environment but also like now as an adult if i want to do something of that nature if i want to actually invest my time in that area, I'm choosing it for myself as opposed to that's what you got roped into and you didn't necessarily yeah. have any other reality. <laughs> um, so that's really that's just like a side note. But um, yeah, I, I think it was probably always singing and then songwriting. Like I said, my grandfather, um, he would sing us all the little songs that he knew when he was a kid growing up in New York and um so we were very much like a ditty little family like Mm. we would we had all these like pepsi cola is a stinky drink pour it down the kitchen sink like (laughs) those types (laughs) of just like jingles um and we would go to armstrong woods every year which is a great park 10 out of 10 would recommend national park in (laughs) california and there's a little there's a little um stage element to it in the back there's like an auditorium that's just outdoor And we would get up there and my, we would sing the uh, Good Ship Lollipop from one of Shirley Temple's movies.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And so that kind of was a tenet for probably a lot of my childhood of like just trying things out and singing. I think once we moved to Ohio, there are certain lines that I remember probably when I was nine, 10, 11 years old that will never leave me. Um, And so songwriting definitely came before poetry, but I think I started taking poetry more seriously before songwriting and then that fed into, now I take my songwriting much more seriously than I ever did when I was a kid, just kind of writing stuff and being like, okay, like mm-hmm. here's a song, but not in the sense of I'm gonna do something with it. It was just like, oh look, I wrote something today.
0: Like this has kind to of. exist. Like it's not for the yeah. purposes of like, I have to produce, I have to get the word out or, or be mm-hmm. productive, quote unquote. You just need to
1: get yeah. the demon out, and- right? And I think even that, like, some of it is not even realizing that it needs to occur. I think one of my favorite things about writing, at least for me, is knowing, like, when I've written, okay, so last weekend, I wrote four different songs, which is a lot, but I just was in a, I was in a space. And I realized, like, sitting there... Um, if I had stopped after the first one and started working on production, which I'm not good at, at least at this point, I am like skill-wise, is not my focus. Okay. Um, but if I had stopped and said I'm going to produce this one song, then three others wouldn't have existed. And I was like, okay, so that's like a like a, a, like a Wade scale. But I think yeah. as well, nobody was asking me to write four songs. Like the only reason I did it is because I felt that I needed to. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. nobody was saying, you have to get this done. You have to do this. I love that what I do personally, and I think a lot of writers, I'm speaking to a lot of people at this point, but um, feel is like you have to do it and it's a calling, but to the extent of nobody is asking you necessarily to do this and yet you do it anyway Mm -hmm. for yourself sometimes because you're in that space or you're like, I want to get this out. And and I just think that's a really cool factor that comes with creation and art in general.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it feels like, at least for me, I've been investigating this idea of of constant practice right because mm-hmm. obviously from song one to song four that you had this weekend there was some kind of growth or some kind of mm-hmm. pattern that you got into that allowed you to let go of what you thought it was going to be and then kind of transcend a little bit do you feel like that's yeah. kind of what happens
1: I think yeah yeah I think so i so um my good friend Lanny Stabile, who I, hers was the first episode that I listened yeah. to, um, which was great. But um, she has an incredible work ethic and drive of getting things done in a very planned and measured sense, mm-hmm. which I'm always like, I'm envious to the point of admiration, to the point of I like, I'm like, what what would Lanny do? Like I yeah. think of that. I'm like, how would Lanny <laughs> go about this? To the point sometimes I'll text her and be like, Hey, so I have this thought. I'm, like, what do you think? Um, and so that's, that's a level of, I think, practice or reiteration that, um, she is very good at being intentional with. I think for myself, I walk into it and then only realize later that, oh, that was a thing I was doing. And so that can have its positives and negatives. I think in the moment I'm a little hoodwinked with my own self, um, (laughs) like it gets the job done. Um, so yeah, practice, I think just looking back um i started taking songwriting again pretty seriously actually right before i left for ireland so this was august um july august of 2018. Mm -hmm. um i hadn't played guitar in a while my best friend from high school was getting married and she had asked me to cover um a lumineer song with her sister and at Mm -hmm. that point i was like okay i haven't played guitar in forever i need to relearn how to do the instrument (laughs) so that's that's literally the reason i picked up the instrument again um, and then I went to a couple open mics and was really inspired by some of the people I saw. So I decided to try to write a song myself. And with that momentum, I was about to leave the country and I said, well, I don't wanna like lose that. So I brought my guitar as one of my luggage items with me. Oh wow. Um, yeah, cause I was like, I'm not about to take all this like four months of charge that I had and just watch it go away. Mm. So um, then that led me through Ireland. I was practicing things and just kind of trying to write stuff, came back and was doing the same thing and just knowing where I was at then versus where I'm at now with my lyrics and with my proficiency on piano and proficient is arguable, but I'm better than I was. Um, (laughs) And same with guitar. I think it's really interesting that I don't look at every song as a piece of practice, but like you were saying, the one that I wrote in 2018 that allowed me to get the momentum again would not have brought me to the four that I just happened to write all separately on Saturday.
2: Sure. Sure.
1: And so it's very much a compounding thing. The more you try something out, whether it does or doesn't work, mm-hmm. it still is building towards something at some point, whether yeah. you you know what it's working towards at that moment or it surprises you later and you're like, oh gosh, I think right now I have like 85, I confidently I'd say like 85 full just bass recorded demos with either guitar backing
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and or piano and then my vocal. And it's just to get it down. It's really just a habit to make sure that it doesn't get lost or I forget.
2: Oh, that's Um, great.
1: And so that wouldn't exist had I not felt like I could try that years ago and just do it and see what happened as opposed to, well, it's not gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be this or like, I'm not actually good at guitar or I'm not actually good at piano. And that's true. There are gonna be people who are better than me at everything in every realm. But for myself, like if I didn't give that leeway or that, oh, sorry, I have dogs. To oh, do you're fine.
2: In no worries. Um,
1: if I didn't give that grace almost, that's a big word I feel like I use in writing. If I didn't give myself grace of just mm-hmm. trying it out and then it's like, okay, well, it didn't work out this time, but that doesn't mean it couldn't couldn't in the future, like yeah. try it again, but on a different day.
0: Right, but I think it's a common issue or maybe a serious issue with a lot of folks who are writers and performers because the, mm. the lack of, I, I don't want to say resolve, but but it's like the hesitation doubles down. Because yeah. as, a, as a writer, you say, I it's not ready. It's not ready. Maybe you can put it off for a little while. And then yeah. as a performer, once you get it, you're like, this isn't ready. So it's like yeah. two sides of the same negative coin that are just like kind of going at you the whole time. But I'm curious how you were able to just find this confidence to say, screw it. I'm going to go for it no matter what. And I love that you're, that you're actively sharing the process with us too at least on twitter maybe instagram a little bit more do you think that helps just demystifying this process for you
1: i think so yeah so um to start with like the coin thing or just like the screw it like Mm -hmm. it is what it is um i think some of that comes from my for saw for singing at least, because I sing in the car, I sing in the shower, I sing <laughs> everywhere, I sing when I'm walking my dogs. People probably think I'm taught, like I'm, but I don't. I'm just like it's it's always happening. Um, so the first couple of times I did not open mic like, at a local venue, um, it's this it's called Suburban Tap. It's like not an Irish pub, but you can Google it and it shows up like that online. But they do um, the song singer songwriter night where you reach out to the person who runs it and you get a 30 minute set wow and it's and it's like it's not paid but that at the end of the day 30 minutes of time that you have to figure out how to fill with your own content is like i feel incredibly confident now that i have way more i know i have more than 30 minutes because last time i was too short and i had more songs and i was like oh my gosh i can't fit them all in (laughs) um and so that the first time um, I used it as a launch of Maddie's going to Ireland, so I'm doing this as a bucket list. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do this because I would be upset with myself if I didn't before I left. And that served as when I came back, um, the person running at Chip Jones and then other people, they were excited to see me again. They were like, oh my gosh, welcome. And like, we're super kind and we're all at different levels, different like acts. And so the cool part is you're there for 30 minutes, whether no one is there or whether tons of people are there. It just got to be a space where I felt validated because the person running at CHIP is so kind and was like, no, like, would you like to do this? He would ask me like, hey, when do you want to set up your next one? And that to me is like, oh, so so you enjoyed this and you want me to come back as opposed to you're doing it out of courtesy. So <laughs> um, that definitely solidified a little bit of my performance like line of I mean live performances are never going to be perfect Mm -hmm. and if they are you've had time to rehearse them over and over and over and over and like I can stand in my room and play guitar over and over and over but that's not the same environment as standing in front of people to Mm -hmm. sing to them anyway. Yeah
2: But
0: yeah, come to think of it it's I think you you might have been desensitized from just being in such an open family that allowed for performance to be a part of life like it seemed mm, yeah. like family just kind of encouraged that. That surrounding was just very open to you being expressive.
2: Mm-hmm. So it yeah. was less
0: of an issue than maybe the writing then, like having to mm-hmm. to build your own material that way.
1: Yeah, I think um, and my parents, they still root me for this. <laughs> um, so I would not sing for them, um, in the sense of <laughs> look what I wrote. I would yeah. like sing along to songs, but it would just never like look at this song that I wrote. And I yeah. Um, In high school, I wrote a song, played it for, I was in band. played clarinet for seven (laughs) years but four years in marching band and we had this thing called band camp idol which my friend and i um i wrote a song and my friend elaine actually i saw her this weekend we were talking about that and i have the lyrics originally from when we wrote them out when i was 15. (laughs) and um song is not great but it was a big deal that i wrote a song and played it at band camp and i won first place as a junior which does not happen yes (laughs) i would not play that song for my parents. They did not get to see it before I played it live. Like I would not if they walked in and I was practicing, I would stop and I would wait for them to go. Uh-huh. I would wait for them to walk away. Um same thing in the last couple of years it's only gotten better. Better in the sense of I'll write something and I want to show them right away because I'm excited about it. Uh-huh. But it took a long time to get there with my own content. Oh yeah. Um yeah. and so yeah, I think the writing aspect or the confidence in what I was saying or how I was saying it has grown and a lot of that I think I genuinely attribute it to the multiple years that I focused on poetry explicitly. Cause that is so word based. Mm-hmm. It doesn't include like, I remember songs a lot better than I do my own poems because I need that sonic and not that the speaking yeah. doesn't come sonically, but I'm always up in like, it feels unfinished,
0: right? Like it, like yeah a, as a true performer right you have for, the text. for my
1: headspace yeah. yeah I'm like the text yeah. is there and yeah. I will say them and I'm like I I know how to orate them but I still have to read them they're not gonna I've never been a poem memorizer it because I want to then like come up with a melody or something behind it And I'm like yeah. no that's not what this is yeah. um, so because of those couple of years that I was very intentional about poetry and trying out new things now in my songwriting there's a lot more line breaks that I try with pauses, which I never did before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's certain plays or word plays that I, it like, will put in or referentially, and that wouldn't have existed had I not spent multiple years like trying um, more page page driven things as opposed to okay, well, what what am I singing this like? Yeah. Um, and so that's been, I think, of my r- most recent songs. I love watching that crossover mm-hmm. um, because poetry performance for me was much more stressful than singing. But I think I've I've always been told that I have a nice voice, and so even if I wasn't even if I wasn't saying something that mattered, I could mattered in the way I wanted, but I could always fall back on, well, it sounds nice. And people will tell me that. So I think poetry was something that it was, it was really the first time I had to sit down and be like, okay, am I saying what I want in the context that I want in the way that I want? And that has had a huge influence then on adding then vocals to songs. I'm like, I know I'm saying what I want and I'm singing it in the way that I want. And so it, it brings those two pieces together. But yeah, poetry wise, um i those first open mics were much scarier to me than singing yeah out loud yeah. in front of people and, and that, i didn't have i didn't have that fallback of my voice outside of like a speaking quality not like the singing
0: yeah and that's a terrifying thing i think for poetry readings because i as a performer you know i one of my mm-hmm. first podcasting projects was this thing called creative drive where people sent in poems and i I performed them. I didn't mm-hmm. recite them. I performed them. And yeah. that's really where it, it really started to dawn on me that there has to be sort of a separation of performance from the oration, as you called it, because mm-hmm. you want the poem to do its thing without you just adding a whole bunch of stuff. And like that is so terrifying to me. Like mm-hmm. I was trained as an actor. That's just sort of kind of where I came from. And so it's like, yeah, that's my armor. And then when you really have to just be out in the open, that is one of the scariest things to me. Like I'd rather just let it be unspoken and just on paper rather than me just like approach it like a conversation or just like uh, being a vessel for that text. That is probably the scariest final frontier that I won't do until I'm like, you know, one foot in the grave because I'm still (laughs) I'm very terrified of that, even though I've I've been trained. I don't know no
1: right. I, I i totally get that um i think so i've learned that i'm a page poet and so even the stuff that i write will often like i'll get asked did you read this aloud and i'm like no no i was so focused on the margins yeah. like i just actually no i didn't i didn't do that um which is funny because when i write songs i'm singing that line over to myself over and over trying to figure out where the where the break needs to be and I'm basically like chanting it just figuring out okay what do i want to stick with so it is funny that i i completely separate the two mediums and i this is something i've talked about recently with a couple people because i get asked okay well don't you just turn your poems into songs or is not mm-hmm. like isn't a song a poem i have a very strong feeling that they are not the same mm-hmm. and that is for the fact that my vein of poetry writing tends to be more free verse it tends to be like a abecedarian which doesn't have a rhyme scheme, it'll stack with the letters. It's very visual or um, like, I, gosh, I was writing acrostics almost exclusively for eight months. Like, So I don't really care what happens sometimes after as long as the letters matched up. And so that's something (laughs) that when you read it out loud, it doesn't necessarily track or or it doesn't have that like form poetry where it would like pantoums or even sonnets, they've got the rhyme that's required. So that I feel like you could take and make it into a song. But the way that I personally write poems does not translate into the way that I write songs. And so when people say, Oh, well, song is a poem. I, I personally, from my own practice, don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. At least in how I write it Um, because the process for me is just so starkly different. Like the way that I write a song. Yeah. There's rhyme and there's stuff, but I, I also personally don't love, rhyme or repetition in my poetry. And so I guess the chorus on, on, a, on its own, it's a repeated section. Yeah. And so to me, I'm like, I actually hate, sometimes I, I really don't like seeing the lyrics written out because it's got that re- repetition to it. But when I sing right. it or when I hear it, I don't think of it like the way it's written down. And right. so it's a very different brain space for me personally, but it's not to say that songs aren't poems or poems can't be songs. I just separate the two. They're just like full boxes, like full different rooms almost in my head. And I don't like someone will say, well, why don't you try to turn this into a poem that I've tried a song with? And I'm like, that for me is not how it works. Like I've chosen this medium (laughs) and that is where it's going to live. The concept as a whole might work as a poem, but like in this moment, I am in this space and it just doesn't, they don't mesh. They don't mesh for me because of the way that I write. They're just so starkly different yeah. from each other.
0: And that's a wonderful observation because I used to conflate those two things a lot. Um, I come from a family of musicians. I never trained professionally or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it always felt like when I was younger, like they're the same thing. Why not? But the older I get and the more I have conversations with poets specifically, you you get a clear sense of the final output has to be visually stunning on paper you know, rather than, than something that needs to live beyond the page. And I struggle with that as a playwright because the, the script is, is the first foundation of it, but it's not the final mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And so I, I think maybe that's, you know, sort of like neither here nor there, but more for me, like I but
1: really no, struggle with that. But I think that's a good point though, because, um, cause like, I, it's in the way that I personally write that I'm, I'm, I'm very much a page poet, but I have a lot of friends who aren't page poets. And like, I think that often dovetails into form because of that repetition or that structure and how it's utilized. And so there are arguably things that I I do feel could be songified or poemified from one end to the other. And like, I believe, um, Stevie Nicks talked about how she would write a poem and then that would become the song that ended up being Fleetwood Mac. And I'm like, and that's awesome. That's just yeah. not my personal method.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. But like you're mentioning for as a playwright, you write the play, but the actual manifestation of it involves actors, involves a stage, involves setting. And so that mm-hmm. first step of, of what you're looking at is not the final right. iteration. And so poetry can be what you see on the page is all you'll get to experience so you can read it. which. I've talked about with my friend, Taylor Bias, um, multiple times that I sometimes like I'll write a song and I'm like, I have to sing it and put it on something that allows for that auditory experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a poem, a lot of um, journals now are doing the sound clips, which is awesome so you can hear them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's wonderful. So. If that's an option or if that's um, like part of, part of their platform, wonderful for accessibility, great. Sometimes that's not the case. And so you can have a poem that is just written in on a page or on a book page, and that is your experience that you read aloud yourself. Whereas with songs, like I can write something and have a demo, and then I'm still not to a place where I can put it out to where it's something people can, like, I'm, I'm using my hands a lot. It's no, not tangible, it. but, but I'm, I'm like, I'm like, nobody can see it, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it's not, it's not the final place where somebody could engage with it in the way that I want them to. Mm-hmm. So with poetry writing, I send it out. It could get published in a journal. That's great. You, if there's the sounds, that's wonderful. Um, but you can just read it and that can be the experience because that's how it was written. And that's how I, ex- that's how it was. And so songs for me in that same way with the playwright, like you write the play, but, but the actual play though you've written it is not. The final, like, the final iteration comes with the actual performance element that you, in that moment of writing or having it in front of you, you're like, this is not, it's not done. But you're, you're as close as you can be, but you're like, it's still not done. <laughs> like, you're, right, you're edging right. forward.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Now, can you share a songwriting experience? Let's begin with songwriting. Uh, okay. Where you had to overcome an issue during a song that you successfully overcame a writing problem yes. in a song.
1: So I don't, as a preface, I tend to write a song and then it is done. And that is not to say it is actually done, but I have reached the point of mentally, I am through with this for this moment. And also I'll, I'll record the demo and I'll change the lyrics. And I know I've changed the lyrics, but until I can get to a place where I'm looking at more production based focus, like I don't, I don't change the demo. It still exists to at least hear it as a, as a gist um so there have only been a couple songs in my history that i really was excited about and i was i was like i have to get this right like lyrically i have to get this right and that one took a couple weeks to decide um whereas most of the time like i said after the four i wrote the other weekend um, if I touch them again, I might change a bit, but I'm content with where they're at because I wouldn't have recorded their like their basic. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't content with it, I would have kept going and kept going and kept going until I got to a place where I was okay with whatever I sat down and and deemed my quote basic fine. Mm-hmm. So I have this one song called Architect, which has. Finger picking, which is not my strong suit. So that was a big moment in itself. I was like, look at this, The song is <laughs> cruxed on my finger picking skills. So some things like that, I'll find a chord. Like I I was listening to John Mayer and tried to do a cover and then realized this chord progression was really cool. So then I was like, awesome, wrote a song based on those chords. Like I will, I'll learn something new. And that is the way that I continue writing whatever I've done because it is a new thing to me. So I'll, I'll introduce a new chord. Mm. Piano I am not good at. So. Any piano song, I'm like, look, I did the thing. I never did this. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I added an extra note, like, OMG. So that's always a big moment for me. But um, the song Architect specifically, I wrote it last summer. Um, I really liked the entrance. So the, and I've gotten some feedback that it's a little too, like, it's not specific enough for the rest of the song. But um, if I can remember it, because I, I don't want to start singing it. Um <laughs> I really, I really like the images in it, but it was also the first time that I made finger picking the entire base of the song, which was a big thing for me mm-hmm. as someone who's not good at that dexterity, or at least i'm I'm working on it. And so, um, one of the lines because I cannot, oh, you come around, say you wanted to see me while you were back in town, um, a clean slate as if what you did didn't change anything. You still believed I'd build a castle despite all of your misdeeds, as if I would. Make a deal with an avalanche, just for it to make good on its word, and then it continues into mm. the chorus. But I really liked the concept of like making a deal with an avalanche. Oh yeah. And so that I came up with that portion and then was really struggling with the second verse, or what what because I, I could write a second verse pretty much I felt like I could put anything in there, but was I putting the right thing in there? Um, so that took a while, and then the ending and making sure I had the bridge as I wanted and practicing it, that took about two and a half weeks, which is the longest time in in my memory that I was so intentional about a song, knowing that it had something to it that I wanted to get better at and perform and play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Some of that came from feedback of like, what do you think about this? Um, But a lot of it was just trying something out and just being like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't stick. And thankfully there was no deadline outside of whenever I felt like it was done. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that element of finger picking and then on top of making sure the words that I picked to mean what I wanted were doing the service that the other ones were. So like you can always, you can have an image and, It's kind of like I'll overwrite stuff and then often cull it down with feedback from my beta readers, which is awesome for poems. But um, it's similar in songwriting. I feel like I get very entrenched in an image and then we'll overwrite. I'm like, I'm like, Uh it's about fishing. And then all of a sudden we're like flying, fly fishing. We're looking waiters, like wait and wait. Um, I'll do (laughs) like, I will, I will pun the crap out of a song to the point where it, it is no longer like it's just. It's an amoeba, and you're like, "What is going on?" Yeah, because um, I love puns, and any anytime I can fit a pun or a reference, you're looking there,
0: for the payoff. Yeah, the uh-huh. moment it appears. I like, yeah.
1: I have I have this song called John Cusack, and it has six, maybe five, maybe five John Cusack movie references in it. And so I'm like, "Yeah, the song is fine," but at the end of it, I'm like, "Did you? Did you? Yeah, but
0: did it? you see the references? Did, did you
1: see did the references? Did, <laughs> did you get these? So like, at the end of the day, I love." Like if I could do anything, people are like, "Oh, what do you want out of this music experience?" I'm like, "I want to talk to people about the wordy, needly little choices that I made to yeah, see if they yeah. caught what I was trying to do." <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, oh, I just like that one's good. I mean, the song is good too, but again, I'm like, so "Did you did you catch?" Yeah, them? but
0: there's this other thing. There's, there's this, this other thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: I have this one. Um, it's called Street Lights. That one has um, a solid line break. Actually, it's my, I wrote it and I felt like a genius. Um, it's <laughs> um, the house is broken. The ha- our house is broken. You keep talking. I keep smoking guns in the closet. So there's a pause, mm. but like smoking gun, it's about somebody being cheated on and they know it. So like you to keep talking, I keep smoking is both a way to like deal with the emotions, yeah, but also yeah. I keep all of the things that you're doing. I know what's happening. Like yeah. and, so I wrote that and was like
0: <laughs> You're like, okay, this is it. This is the moment. I was
1: like, I was like, okay, not to do my own horn, but like that's a really great line. Um, but that one, the bridge is um basically this pit and now i I think I wanna change it a little bit, but this pit in my stomach was once upon a time in Hollywood of you for us too. And it opens with ladies and gentlemen, round of applause, best actor goes to the person who's been pretending this whole time, right? Mm. And so that Brad Pitt won best supporting actor for once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I wrote that. And I was like, yep, so that's a very specific reference as well and I All hope right. people people get it. But um, even if they don't, I mean, like that, that tends to be what drives me to write or, or finish something. Cause I'm like, okay, this is a song about games. So how many game references can I fit inside of it? Monopoly this, that, like what pieces can I utilize? How can I make this a thing that makes sense? This is cohesive, but also do it in a way that's just got all this other mechanics going on. Yeah.
0: And I, I love that approach because it, it actually kind of lines up with the way that I love writing plays, which is to construct, right? You have. Mm -hmm. You have enough pieces at the beginning, but you're fitting the puzzle in a certain space. There's parameters yeah. in there and you're like, this piece, if we turn it this way to the left, to the right, we'll be able to complete the puzzle, but then it will be referencing itself and it will mm-hmm. make perfect sense and it'll be yeah. wonderful. But it's it's more a construction-based kind of thing, like where the parameters mm-hmm. guide you in some way. Do you feel like that's does that sound too robotic? I mean, I don't want to put words no,
1: i think I think that's a really good descriptor of it because, um at the end, once you've constructed something, you have I mean, if we think like building, uh-huh. you have a building, and yeah. you can go inside of it or there's windows. And I think to have the theory of like what you want to write, I have a couple ideas that I've been trying to verbalize and with poetry and maybe that's actually funny. Maybe that particular piece of poetry will be a song, Mm -hmm. um, because I can't get it to work in the way that mentally I want it to work. Um, and so I think there's a lot of ways to take what's all floating out here. Um, and I'm using my hands again to make like a big cloud. Um,
0: I really need so, to start doing video episodes because th- we're missing so much from this. I am all, like, I am all the way out yeah. here. <laughs> I love it. No, it's my language. Singing, yeah. yeah.
2: You, you know, I wake singing, up, I wake
0: up in the morning and the first thing I do is I say, what am I going to do with my hands? What am I going like, to do with my hands? That's like the first thing, you know, like, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: um, the benefit of singing and playing guitar is that my hands always have something to do. Mm hmm. As opposed to just singing and having somebody do backing, I'm like, no, I know what my hands are doing. They're playing, which is good, but then also I get distracted from one or the other, and I'm like, okay, so there are gives and takes. Um, but yeah, no, I think construct is a really good word because it kind of takes all of that and makes it an intentional layout. I mean, because you already have like songs. Um, there's a lot of songs right now, I feel like, in the contemporary pop that don't have bridges and people are like, we need bridges, or not, sorry, not bridges, uh, pre-choruses. Mm. And um, like, we need pre-choruses again. And so I'll think of that, like, does this song work with the with a pre-chorus or that? But there is like a structure of you do verse, you do chorus, you do verse, you do chorus. And so that's a great place to start. And then sometimes I write completely outside of that, but it still has some of those tenets to it. Mm. And yeah. no, I think Construct is a really a good way to put it Mm -hmm. um, for the fact that you still come up with something at the end that's different but it still has the same like steel beams or bones
0: yeah Yeah.
1: despite what is filling it inside no i really like that i don't think that's robotic um i mean it also makes me think of construction paper like Mm -hmm. and when i think of the word construct which is very colorful so (laughs) on that flip side it's like yeah construct could be a very like Right. You, you put the brick here and then the brick is down. But yeah. I'm like thinking, well, there's rainbow like yeah, at, no. <laughs> that you buy at the store.
0: <laughs> right. But I do agree with you because I think some folks get hung up on the idea that structure or some kind of rigid parameter is like the death of creativity. But, you know, coming up in dramatic writing, that's all I know. And like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: for me, it feels like you need scaffolding to drape your shit over. Yes. You know, like you, you need something to kind of give it some kind of shape and people will still find the the i guess their way in right Mm -hmm. you know as long as you put a door in there you know in the structure they'll be able to get in you know
2: yeah they'll find a way exactly exactly
0: but uh i wanted to ask you of like though there's so much i want to ask you and we're kind of (laughs) running out of time um what are some works that that you listen to growing up or stuff that you listen to. Now you mentioned John Mayer, who like mm-hmm. is um, incredible. Like one of my guitar favorite concerts. skills. I'm
1: just like, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's why I, I said like, I'm not going to play guitar anymore. Like, it, it's, like, yeah, it's
1: yeah. Ridiculous. I, I know. So I'm working on three songs for production right now, which is awesome. Cause I've never done that this year. I said, we're going to do this cause you've wanted to. And I finally said, great. Amazing. Nice. Um, But I was talking with him about it, and specifically with that like four songs versus the one song and produced it. And my producer was saying that, yeah, your strength lies in writing, absolutely. Like, that's what you like to do. He's like, you get very specific and start talking to yourself about how you want the lyric to sound or work. And he's like, and that's awesome. Like, and not even the singing, I know how I want it to sound sonically with the way Mm -hmm. I sing it, but it's like, does this word make sense? Or does this word trivialize what I'm trying to say? Or should I switch it to this or blah, Mm blah, blah. And he's like, I don't have a lot of feedback on that because lyrics aren't my thing. Now production, he has cultivated a lot of time and skills and energy towards. And so he gets really excited about things that I'm kind of like, yeah, sure, (laughs) like Like, fine. So it's a really nice balance of, we get so excited about our own specific things that like it makes it enjoyable. We're not, I don't think at this point butting heads in any way, which is great. Um, And makes me feel curious about the decisions that we're making. Um, And so, Oh, I got distracted with my, I was talking about
2: the producer. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's <laughs> no, okay. It's
1: okay. I love Three songs for production. Three yeah. songs for production. Um, oh my gosh. What was the question? Oh, I just, literally it, routed me, in a different
0: place in my brain. No, this is perfect. Musical influences.
1: Yes. Okay. So um, I a lot of musical inf- influences, at least in the way that I write, tends to be just like random pop culture moments. Uh, there is a video called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Um from um, like 2010 YouTube. So like early days. And um I saw it in high school and it sits it sits with me every day, like every day. And I wrote a song about that. So those types of things, they just pop in and out. But when it comes to the me mu- like the the music, um, we listened to a lot of Nora Jones when I was growing up. My dad and mom had these like classic 70s and 80s and 90s. Mm. Ni- no, not nineties, um, eighties and seventies, like um CDs so we would have like the best of 77 Oh
0: yeah yeah and so there the Yeah best. there was
1: a lot of there was a lot of a lot of different types of musicians that I would listen to a lot of John Denver a lot of James Taylor a lot of Carole King mm-hmm. um Joni Mitchell not as much honestly that came later um but same type of vein mm-hmm. and then when I started getting older and listening to like more Kelly Clarkson um, vocally I mean she's amazing and love all of her stuff um but she was also like a tenant of my childhood so I think that's also (laughs) moments too where you have an artist that you love like I loved Aaron Carter when I was a kid and now I'm like oh (laughs) that was a choice but I wouldn't have known (laughs) I was seven years old I wouldn't have known um but so those types those types of artists but yeah Nora Jones um I love I loved Andrea Bocelli we did a lot um i was super big in country too so faith hill martina mcbride mm. um i at one point thought i could be a country singer which i can definitely turn it on and i feel like i can write towards the country yeah feeling um but i like i loved early taylor swift that was big for me mm-hmm. rascal flats was my first concert i was 10 years old and i love their stuff stand was like I used to, when I was in a space, I would play that in the car and blast it and just
2: sing <laughs> it in myself,
1: like, and then you stand. Um, but a lot of um I think I said Tim McGraw, but like Faith Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of country artists for like gosh, almost exclusively, I would go home and watch cmt music videos for hours. Oh it, was it. it was that or the food network. It that or the food network. So I was like watching people cook for me, which I didn't have access to, or I was just watching Lady Antebellum or Lady A now yeah. um play their songs on CMT and yeah. so big country influence probably. And then as I got again, older still,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, probably in the high school, I stopped listening to country as much, but that's when we moved to Georgia and I felt like that's basic to listen to music, country music in Georgia. <laughs> I listened to it in Ohio <laughs> yeah. more so. Um, so I no, kind of stopped, yeah. I stopped doing that, but um, I listened to Andy Grammer. He was a big one growing up in high school. Mm. Um I was a big fan of Tyler Ward. He was a YouTube musician and now he works with the Songhouse Co in Nashville so oh, cool. they do songwriting things. Yeah. So it kind of I feel like a lot of it has always been singer-songwriter. Yeah. Base um which then informed how I wrote stuff. But I mm-hmm. think too the access not that not that I couldn't have tried to find a piano or or asked to do this, but I'm not like the very intensive practicer. Mm-hmm. I am if it strokes my excitement or curiosity, I can do it for hours and not Gotta notice. but, yeah, but if you're saying, here's the list of things you have to do prescriptive to learn the skill, I'm like, yeah, that's I kind of will. I was practicing kind of like you floss right before you go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. You were hoping that they didn't realize you didn't do it for a while. So, so like so my guitar my teacher, life. my guitar teacher would come over, and 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 that like lasted for a year or two. I think it didn't last that long. Um, and he'd be like, "So what would you practice?" And I was like, "Yeah, I was just stuff thirty minutes before he got there. That was the max I did that week." Um, whereas now without somebody to tell me to do those things. I'm actually doing it more because it's on my own mm-hmm. time and terms. And I'm learning the skill, not with the intent of I'm going to try to learn this chord, but I've created something with this new information, which mm. is that that's that's what drives me. But yeah, I think, I think tonally I've always been singer-songwriter driven.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, which then helped me feel comfortable to write songs with a guitar, even if I didn't have a ton of the best like ability to play it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. well, the stuff I listen to has that. So it's it's like that's okay. It's like it's a, it's an entrance. It doesn't have to be the best thing in the entire world because sure. the chords are still going to be the same. Someone <laughs> can execute it very, be- like much better than I can. But at the end of the day, it's still the accent or it's it's the entry point. It's the door. Mm-hmm. It's the door to get in and try building the thing. Right. Um. So yeah, a lot of singer songwriter stuff and and a very big chunk of history dedicated to only country music.
0: Oh, awesome. I got one more music question for you and mm-hmm. then a couple more, you know, to be mindful of your time here. But can you give me an example of a perfect song that you've listened to? What's a song that you look at and, and you're like, whoa, shit, this is a high watermark. This is a benchmark that yes. I
1: aspire to. Um, There are definitely songs that I wish I had written. Um, I heard it the first time. and was like, <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> um but i think a song that i recommend to everybody and i want to get a tattoo literally of a part of this song um which i think is a good a good sign of like if someone really likes the piece they're like yeah let's get it tattooed on me and i'm like yeah this is the song for me right now um it's called maine by noah khan he's one of my favorite artists currently um and i think the reason i was surprised that i love it so much it's the first half is all instrumental and then it gets into the words, which as a word bird, as you can tell, I'm very talkative. Um, and then that that comes through in my songs. Like I was singing through one of the passes of one of my songs on Wednesday. And I was like, where do I breathe? And he's like, I don't know. You wrote it. And I was like, no, but actually, like, I didn't help myself here. <laughs> like, like there's, this was all bad. It was like, I was breathing on, on three syllable words and like in between. So I'm like, this is not great. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm very wordy. And so for the fact that main half of the song is instrumental, which is just like kind of sets the scene in a very lovely way. And then it gets into the lyrics. Um, it's one of my favorite songs. And I think for the fact that it has that contrast and also just what's being said is really pretty and beautiful and just, Mm. um, wonderful as well. And I think the line that I want to, um, or the concept that I want to get done with one of my friends, I'm asking her to, or I'm commissioning it. Mm. Um, it's if if only baby there were cameras in the traffic lights, they'd make me a star, which as somebody mm. who sings in my car all the time, mm. I really identify with it that puts concept. puts you in the place, yeah. I'm like, that is me, <laughs> every day. Me, 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 main character energy driving through that intersection, watch it. Um, so that song I think is just like, I, I love it. I recommend it when, when I'm like, people are like, hey, who's your favorite artist? And I'm like this one, this song, do it. Mm. Um, the other one I really like that I think is really beautiful too, It's um, by, it's called Banks by Need to Breathe. Mm -hmm. I don't listen to a lot of Need to Breathe songs, but that one came up and I think it's just a really lovely use of banks and river imagery, but then also to get the message across. And it's just very supportive. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I would have loved to have written this song. Like that would have been amazing. Um, So those are two that I really enjoy. And then kind of want to round it out with a third.
2: (laughs) Yeah, something that I
1: listen to all the time. Oh, okay. So this one for a musical entrance. I love Sarah Bareilles. Gravity by her, I think is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, but the she wrote the music or she wrote the musical uh, Waitress? rendition of Waitress. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love When He Sees Me. Um, I think that song, it's again, very wordy, but the way that that character kind of chews over her emotions from start yeah. to finish with the amount of references, like, What if he's colorblind? Um, Like he could be less than kind. He could have escaped from an institution somewhere where they don't have girls. (laughs) And it's like, I've seen in movies most made for television. So you're like, okay, so like movies made for television are different than like, like, so I just think it's really wonderfully done with the amount of like the, the, the topical things that are brought in to make that character who she is, right. but just it's also sung so beautifully as well. She uh, took Google to the stage the so
0: well. I just have to say, well, Sarah Bareilles was like meant for that stuff. And I wonder if she was a theater kid, like like early I love on, her because too. like it it really. I'll have to look it up, but um, yeah, that's. I phenomenal feel like she music. could have
1: been. She's she and Ingrid Michaelson because Ingrid Michaelson is doing Titanic, and oh. uh huh. I have a cup, or no, sorry, not Titanic. Maybe Titanic, no, The Notebook. But someone is doing Titanic, and mm. I know that that's in the works. Um, but I have a couple friends, um, who, when I write something, I get told this, is and this is really nice. Um, I sent them something cause somebody, okay. When I say who wants to hear this right now on Twitter, you like that tweet and I will be DMing you and I will be sending you the video. So like, it's not like a, Oh, I mean it like you like that tweet yeah, yeah. and I'm going to email it to you. Like <laughs> I am so intent on sharing. Um, and so I did that to one of my friends the other day and her fiance called me and was just like what? And I was like, oh yeah, sorry, I wrote a song. And he's been very complimentary. He's like, you have great entrances. Have you ever considered musicals? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't have a narrative that I can write to at this moment. Like, I, yeah. I, Narratives are lengthy. And it's not to say that I don't have hopes to write something of that nature, but I'm very much, if you give me a character or a situation, I can play with what's there and mm-hmm. make it into a song. And yeah. so I'm like, right now, I just don't have that, that grounding to right. make a musical, ad- adapt it. Um, but I get that a lot of like, have you considered musicals? And so watching Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid Michaelson go from where they started to what mm-hmm. they're doing now. I'm like, that is like, that is the dream track, right? It's a there. great model
0: to follow. I mean, you can't it's, go wrong it's with off. that. And no,
1: you can't. And you, and you're also like their entire discography is like Testament enough to say, or Testament itself to say. Hey, look, I'd like to give this a try. And you're yeah. like, well, look at all this stuff you've written. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, I don't want to say sustainable model, because it's, it's, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but I think to start with what you wanted to work on and build out for what you had, and then look to take something that's very loved or well known and then adapt it with what you already have cultivated for yourself through writing. I'm like, you've just spent your whole life creating, creating, creating. You've honed that skill, like you've mm-hmm. honed that. What yeah. should I or shouldn't I pay attention to for this character? So, yeah, I they're definitely like that. That when I saw that progression, I was like, that's the blueprint right yeah, there. That's absolutely. The blueprint.
0: What a beautiful <laughs> what a beautiful journey they've been on. And I'd be Thank remiss you. if I didn't mention that actually, my wife and I danced to Ingrid Michaelson's um mm-hmm. um, God, and I'm I'm blanking the her big song. uh for You word. and I. Yeah. No, the other
1: is one. It you? <laughs> oh my gosh, get, the other one. Get this part
0: out. No, um,
1: take me the way I am. The yeah, way the way I am. I
0: am. The way I am. Wow, no, and good, I, I had like, a total lyrically? brain fart. Not enough coffee this morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that because my wife is gonna be furious at me. Okay. Do you feel
1: like what? Yeah, Are I can't I can't about?
0: think this morning. Um, but uh, yeah, lastly, okay, because this has been phenomenal and we barely scratched the surface with poetry. I will you know listen you got to come back and we got to talk about poetry some more maybe when you get the production taken care of with some music you know Mm -hmm. let me know and we need to come back and chat yeah i would love to uh this has been phenomenal
1: yeah i this has been so great and i i think (laughs) when when i was when i messaged you and i was like hey i'd love to do this i was like why would i talk about i know i have a lot to talk about and i know jamie has really great questions so i know we'll We'll answer you know, things. Yeah.
0: And and that's, this is my favorite type of interview because we, we go to different places and mm-hmm. my goal is to not talk about what we plan to talk about.
2: Ah, you know, that's eh. really,
0: that's really it. Um, but <laughs> let's, t- let's wrap it up with, with poetry and what your hopes mm-hmm. are. Maybe Twitter community, because this has been so important for, for all of us. I mean, I feel like I found my creative home in Twitter, yes. which is really strange. It's really bizarre. It is. Um, what yes. has the community done for you, and what do you what are your hopes for creating community online?
1: yeah, um so at the current moment, I've been having to temper my social media usage. I think it's because um I have something that I'm so I'm leaving the country ah, <laughs> in um September, I'm oh. going to grad school mm-hmm. and so it's very exciting, but i um am currently not working. Mm. So I have been on social media a lot to the point where that's all I do with my day. And then I leave, I'm like sitting here and I'm like, okay, so what did I not even, what did I do? But like, I don't know where I am anymore. So I've been having to kind of scale it back for the fact that when I was working nine to five, I wouldn't be on it all the time. I would touch in for a little break. Whereas now I've made that basically my job. And I'm like, no, 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 this is not healthy. Um, but on whole, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, frankly have published anything without Twitter. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at now without Twitter for poetry. It's one of the reasons I, I go back and forth of like when I'm really overwrought with the app, I can't, I like, it's the last one I will get rid of. I will get rid of other things (laughs) before I get rid of Twitter. Um, and so much of that comes from, um, just engaging, seeing people's work, getting to support someone by going to a reading, um, or, or buying their chat book or, um, sharing that information and pieces that come out. And so that was something, I mean, I I started looking at publishing right before I left for Ireland. I just do that a lot. I do things right before I like make a huge life change. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you're going abroad, but like also let's produce songs. Let's do it at the same time. Um, so that's been really fun timing. But I um, started submitting things back in 2018. And then I happened to see a call for um baron which is how i got involved with that and then i became like i was on there. St- i still am on the um, mass head at this point uh school i'm school i i'm i'll have to step away probably because i will be just studying mm. all, all day um but that experience um gave me the confidence to try more with my own work but then also um i met so many people Because of that, because of that one call that I saw online, and it really was just timing. I just happened to see it one day and and sent out the um, application to be involved. And that whole experience introduced me to writers, introduced me to internal team members, introduced me um, to some of the best friends that I have right now in the writing group, um, or in just the writing community. I mean, Lanny, um, Seville, Todd Dillard, Jared uh, Bailoff, um, Lee Potts, um, Cindy Randall, Ankh Spice. Jason B Crawford, Taylor Bice, like all of these people came from something that happened on Twitter, whether we went to the same event and we saw that we were in the same little chat chat blog mm-hmm. or we liked the same thing or we shared, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. And then you were like, wow, me too. And then that, that turned into a DM, which turned into a text, which turned into a would you be kind to read my poem? Like Ben Klein um, is a wonderful poet and he will read my songs. Um, and give me feedback on those, which is wonderful. And so there are so many people that came about from simply just showing up to other things on Twitter um, and that I wouldn't have known existed had they not been posted about. And so I think for me, Twitter is a place where it can serve as a launch pad, but the actual stuff that comes with it is a later cultivation, like to assume that because you follow each other online means you know that person or vice versa. It's, it's not always the case, um, but it could be. And so I think that's always the cool thing is like, it could be the opportunity to meet someone who supports your work. And I know I wouldn't be writing as much if I didn't have the people who championed my stuff, if I even never sent it out. I mean, there are things that I write and I, the benefit is with songwriting. If I don't produce it, then I'm like, okay, well, I have it. Like, it doesn't go anywhere. So I'm very used to this. Like, if I bury it or like get rid of it, it's not actually done to me. It's just like I whatever I moved on. Um, but I'll send I'll send poems to a couple people, and they're like, that's great. And then that is enough for me in this moment. Um, just having that group of people who bolster, or if they're like, hey, you know, I think this could be changed for X, Y, and Z reason. Um, that substantiation is super super important to me as an artist. And I wouldn't have found it had it not been for being online and being on Twitter and kind of seeing um, what was going on and then who I connected with and, and did so. And again, um, not just like, oh, we follow each other, but like a, a later separate, I don't know, like messaging or sharing something or saying, hey, I saw this, it made me think of you. Like those types of moments that you would have probably in like, if you were in person with that person, Um, but just, Hey, like saw this and it reminded me, or I thought you should give it a try or like your work really spoke to me. Have you considered submitting to this call? Um, and I think too, so one of the things that I want personally to work towards is an album or a collection. And I saw this tweet the other day. I have not listened to Beyonce's new album yet, but it was talking about how Beyonce is a reminder that Albums and that whole experience is a world building exercise. It's just building a world And I think one of the things that I I don't feel I'm very proficient at is world building Mm -hmm. I can write a singular poem. I can write a singular song, but also most of them come out as sing like like they're ones Mm -hmm. Um, And so one thing that really scares me is a collection or an album something that's collected together That makes sense because I don't think my writing style is that right now Mm -hmm. Um, and the community that I've created on Twitter, the people that I now know who have collections or are working in collections, um, seeing that all the time makes me feel like, okay, I could do it. And then they're also like, so when's yours coming out? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, like this is kind of, huh, huh. Um, but, but kind of having that positive reinforcement, even when you're not asking for it's just like, it does wonders. Even when you don't know you're in a slump, you're like, gosh, I just can't, like why am I even doing this? And someone's like, okay, so when is your collection coming out? And I was like, well, if you really want, like, I mean, that's great. It's nice to know that people would want to read something longer than just one thing that they saw of mm-hmm. mine on the internet. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I've gotten from Twitter that has only been positive for my experience um, or my writing ability and and my want to keep doing it. Um, it's something that I, again, when people say I don't have a Twitter, and I'm like, don't get one, because um, I'm like. <laughs> unless you have very strict boundaries and limits for yourself, which I don't, my (laughs) willpower is low. Um, So I'll be on there for hours, but I like from an access point, oh, there is a good um, website called ChillSubs. Have you seen
0: that at all? No, I haven't.
1: ChillSubs.com, basically they, you can create a profile on there and it has magazines, their frequency of response, how much it costs to submit, what they'll look for, if they're open right now. It's amazing. That's awesome. that for, new, for writers who, who tell me they don't have a Twitter, um, that is what I started recommending over Twitter just because mm. Twitter takes a cultivation of like following and yeah. liking and meeting and discussing, whereas Chill Sub seems to be a good like standpoint of look at these mags, I have poems, I wanna submit. So it's it's a little bit different or you can read current things. Mm. Um, so that's a really cool website and I think serves kind of what I saw Twitter was, was for me like seeing who had a call open or who had this. Yeah. Now yeah. my timeline doesn't necessarily reflect that as much. It's much more contained to a couple people probably. I've also turned off trends, so I don't see any of that, which is amazing. Oh, that's smart. Um, super smart. But um, yeah. So that's a really good website for the submission process. And I've been I've been saying to people, again, who don't have Twitter and want to get involved with writing a little bit more. It's not to say that you can't be on Twitter and actually connect with people that way. But I'm like, if you want to just see what's out there as an exposure method of what magazines work for you or what writing you're interested in, that's a really good hub. Mm-hmm. And then they also have a Twitter profile and a newsletter that comes out, I think, every month. Um, so yeah, 10 out of 10, to recommend Chill subs. <laughs> I, I will tweet at them and be like, this is great. Have you guys checked out Chill subs today? Um, it is not sponsored content, but I think if, I, if that had existed when I first started, um, I think there would have I like would have known so much more, or tried so much mm. more. Which I'm like, yeah, everybody should at least look into this if they're interested. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, that's I think from community um, a magazine that I really adore, um, Only Magazine. Mm. They're fantastic, and I think they do a lot of internal community efforts. And I know um, one of the founders, and I, I'll talk to Brandon sometimes, but. I just think their initiatives are really cool. They're very on the ground. Um, They have like a coffee that they worked with, a local coffee shop in Mm -hmm. I think Youngstown. Ohio. Um, and so that community collaboration, I think, is taking what, what was started online and then bringing it out into the real world, mm. too, where you can order that copy to support the mag. So
0: oh, it's that's a see. really,
1: yeah, that's yeah. a really cool thing. And I know other places are doing that, but that was one knowing um, only kind of from the start and to where they're at now. It's just been a really cool growth process. So also check them out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I love that you can support people that you might Never meet in person, or might not for a couple of years. I think I I could be wrong, but I think on Lani's podcast episode, she talked about um like people she had met, and I flew up to her baby shower with her That's and her right. wife. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, and that was
1: the second time we had ever met in person.
0: How beautiful! So is people
1: that? people were like, "How do you know Lani?" And I was like, "I mean, we've known each <laughs> other for like three years, but this is technically the second time we've we're met."
0: Internet people, you know. And I'm
1: like, and I'm like <laughs> staying at her house, so. But it's just like initially I remember my parents being all, I can't, how could you? And now I'm like so much, especially with the pandemic and and Mm
2: -hmm.
1: how that changed all of our lives and is still like continuing to change them. Um, My online, the people that I met or talked to online was more so than anybody I was approximately around to Mm -hmm. other than my parents since I lived here um, with them. But um, yeah, that, those relationships were really strengthened. And that was when Lani and I definitely got like deeper into friendship. same with Todd, same with Cindy, like all, mm-hmm. all these people um, that now I call really close friends that I love to share stuff with or when they have something I wanna share it immediately and tell everybody about it. So
2: right.
1: my favorite part about the online community is, is being so excited to shout from the hills that your friends are doing awesome things. And not even friends, mm-hmm. just people that you admire. You're just like, yeah. I just love that you are, doing great. And even if they're not doing great, like you're like, well, I'm here to support you regardless. I guess like at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm supporting you. And that is the situation. Good or bad, not good or bad, but there's nuance to that obviously. But like, I'm going to support you because I believe not only in your work, but you as a person, which I think is something you can always say, I love this poet. I support their work, but like, there's such a, a gift and a blessing to get to know the people who then create some of the coolest stuff that you get to experience. And I'm very lucky that a lot of my friends are some of my favorite authors. So
2: I love them so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is uh, just a beautiful, inspiring and amazing note to end on. And I want to thank you so much, Maddie, for your joyful spirit, for the support that you're putting out into the world. And of course, for these amazing works that you're doing in song form and poetry forms and whatever else is to come. I just wish you the best. I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome time ahead, but please let me know when you have your next project lined up, when there's something else that you got to have uh, um, on our radar so that we can keep talking about it. And we didn't even cover the newsletter, which is a, oh, we did it. Oh my gosh. an amazing <laughs> we <did punk> it. <laughs> led spearheaded by, by yourself and, three other amazing folks.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> uh, but we'll have to, uh, we'll have to talk about it a we'll little bit more. We'll have to
1: table it for next time. That's right. We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait for the next winter. Yes. But um, winter for the time being, coming.
0: for the time <laughs> being, check out the newsletter and um, I'm going to put descriptions and all this stuff on there, but is there okay. any other website or things that we should be pointing to?
2: Oh, uh,
1: no. You got I'm a reverb,
0: of- right? Reverb Nation.
1: I do. I yes. do. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't use those a lot. Truthfully. Okay. It's like, I created Instagram accounts that were for my music and I'm like, it's too many to handle. So yeah, yeah. you can find me pretty much at Madalinksy, okay. which is basically Madalinsky's spelled incorrectly, Um, cause I did that once and was like, who else is going to make that mistake? No one. So <laughs> I made the mistake intentionally. Um, but that's like Twitter, TikTok, which I now have.
2: Um, Twitter, TikTok, <laughs> yeah, we got to get Instagram. into that next time
0: too. <laughs>
1: <gasps> it's a time. Let me tell you, I am not oh. good at it. But I have one. I literally, I wanted to make it so I could save my username. So now they're oh, yeah. all the same across yeah. all platforms. <laughs> I was like, listen, I did
2: the thing. Um, but yeah.
1: And then my website, um, I actually just routed that MadelineC.com or wrote Madeline, either one. Um, and I, I don't update that as much, too. So probably Twitter. It's Twitter. honestly probably Twitter. That's All roads the place lead you're to Twitter. All roads lead to the tweet. All roads re- lead to the birds.
0: Oh, wonderful. <sighs> well, Maddie, it was such a wonderful time. I hope we get to chat real soon. But we will catch up on the internet, as always, Absolutely. on Twitter.
1: Jamie, th- thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This
0: was a blast. <laughs> uh, we we got to keep you. talking. And I hope that you start writing musicals. That's really I, That's uh, really my goal. You got to get to it.
1: I do. I know. I know. I can imagine <laughs> the problem with being in band for so long, like seven years, is that like when I think of something, I'm thinking of the full backing, but yeah, I'm like, I can't yeah. play trombone or French horn. <laughs> so I guess I could midi data, but that's again, just
0: that all we got to do is just start small. All you, all you start need is small your guitar. And build it out. All you need, you could do a one woman show.
2: Like I could. that. I honestly, really could.
0: that would be. Super awesome, and I just I love that no budget stuff. I love that minimal, 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 and you can make something awesome happen. And you can so, make
1: you can make wonders with with very yes. little on the bu- No, that's so you're so right. Yeah. Oh my gosh!
0: Sorry, I I go on these tangents because I want everyone to do like a like a no budget show. So I'm, I I know I would
1: love to do I would love to do a no budget musical like like very very little budget musical. Yes, yes, it could happen. Do could anecdotes.
0: Happen the narrative will, f- will reveal itself to you. I'm just going to keep, you know, evangelizing, uh, <laughs> offline, but <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll leave you. I'll let you have your Sunday back, but thank you so much, Maddie. You're awesome. And it's such a pleasure to get to connect with you and talk to you today. Thank
1: you. Likewise. I will see you on the, on the interwebs.
0: That's right. That's right. Okay. I'll be in touch. I'll talk okay, to you later. Bye. Jamie. bye. <laughs>